Hello and welcome to the Universal Hitchhiker. Uh, I am Jeff. Uh, with me today is Matt. And our guest today is Chris51, um, which I guess I could give you one title, but you have about 386 <laughs> of them. Um, mostly known for your, uh, your tattoo studio. And then also um, for what we're going to talk about a little bit later is Headbangers Con, which is a pretty cool concept. But um, let, I mean, we, before we got on this, we were just talking five seconds ago about books and you've written already about nine of them. Um, wait, first things first, you've got to be like the, the poster boy for organizing your time. You know, first, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it, man. It's always, uh, it's always my favorite thing to do is talk metal, especially yeah. in the morning. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, you know, it's like, I, I think there's, there's different types of people. And when you're an artist, uh, whatever kind of artist, musician, tattoo artist, whatever have you is, um, you always got to be creating, you know, and it's like, you can't sleep, you can't eat, you can't do anything until you create something and you, you fill that void. Some people do it with drugs or music and some people do it with art and, you know, my case, art, music, writing, a little bit of everything, which drives my wife crazy, but, uh, it's just, you know, how some people live. I just can't turn it off. You know, do you, do you have an assistant? <laughs> uh, no, I don't I I do everything well my my wife uh, kind of runs my tattoo career she schedules all my appointments answers all the emails and stuff which in turn frees me up to do all this other stuff which is really nice so yeah well with all your hands and so much stuff what's the first love is it the artwork and tattoo like when you were when you were growing up and you're looking at careers was that the first thing was tattoos or was it something else uh, honestly the first love was to be an NFL player, believe it or not. Like, yeah, to be a football player was my first love. Um, I'm that kind of weird mix of jock and geek and metalhead all in one. Um, and then, and then once I picked up a guitar, then it was, of course, to be a rock star, you know. But the only thing is, to be a rock star, you have to be good at an instrument, and I sucked at playing guitar. So I went to bass, and I was like half sucky at bass. So, uh, yeah, so then I got an art in, in painting and tattooing and stuff like that. So, I mean, I have an equal love for, for all of it. You know, it's just the time of the day, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, did, you, did you work, obviously, in another studio before you opened your own? How long was it before you said, I want to open my own place and do my own thing? Uh, it was one week into my tattoo apprenticeship. I okay. never worked for anyone else in my life for really? tattooing. No, I, I got there and after the shop I was at that uh, it's funny because I got laughed out of a few shops back in those days, 20 years ago, you had to know somebody to get into tattooing. Yeah. If you didn't know someone there, like get the hell out of here, you know? And, and uh, I finally found a shop that I had to pay like 10 grand to do it. They just wanted my money. And um, I did it. And within, within a week, I was like, I will never have a shop like this. I got my own vision. I want to do it my own way. And um, I had, before I even went to take my tattoo state exams and everything, I had my business license done. I had a shop for lease. I was ready to go. Whether I passed that test or not, I was going to do it. So, yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. the first the first day you opened your doors, did you, I mean, did you do a lot of marketing? Was it a big rush coming in or was it kind of hard at first to get the clientele moving? Um, I, I wouldn't say it was hard because I... I bust my ass, you know, you gotta be a, you gotta be a hustler and a promoter. Um, and I, and I always, uh, you know, I, I left 
business cards and, and color flyers all over town taped to bus stops and urinal, above urinals and in shitters and everywhere where people would see it. I, I left this stuff. I got complaints from businesses. Okay, quit leaving your quit leaving your posters taped up. And I'm like, I didn't do it, man. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, <laughs> and, uh, I left them all over kiosks in the mall and, and movie theater chairs. I mean, I did. I was ruthless. You know, you got to go guerrilla style. Yeah. I, I didn't care. I wanted to make, this was my dream. I wanted to make it work. So I think because of that, and, and that's what a lot of people lack nowadays is, is that wherewithal to do that and to really hustle. They think just social media is going to be enough and it's not. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, that's how I've always been for everything, you know, same with, uh, same with when I started headbangers, you know, when I started headbangers, I mean, I tattooed, you know, I tattoo like Charlie from anthrax. I, I tattooed Morgan from seven to us. He's my best friend. Um, so I've tattooed, a, I already have already tattooed a couple rock stars at that time, but, um, same sort of thing. I went gorilla style and I just got on Instagram and I messaged 500 rock stars. This is my idea. It's never been done. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm trying. Some laughed at me. Some thought it was cool. They, you know, let's give it a chance. After you do a couple, then I'll do it. Yeah. And some got right on board. They're like, fuck it. Sounds awesome. Let's try it. You know, so the same kind of approach really to, to everything. So you're a marketing machine too. Well, you're everything. <laughs> I try, man. You know, it's like, it drives some people crazy, but uh, to me, it's, you know, it's the only way to live. You got one life and you just got to bust your ass to, to make your, make your dreams come true to sound cheesy, but it's true. You know? Yeah. yeah. Do, you find, do you find it? Um, I, I wanted to ask just cause you had said something about, um, you know, back, you know, 20 years ago, you had to know somebody to get in. Um, you had, um, a TV show about, about, uh, the tattoo shop. Um, and there's obviously several others. Um, I heard a comment watching a show last night and said that, that somebody really talented, um, makes it look easy so that anybody, so that anybody who doesn't do it looks at it and says, Oh, I can do that. Do you find now because of your show and other shows, um, and how much tattooing is out there, um, and becoming even bigger than it already was. And it's becoming such a phenomenon and, and everybody's doing it, um, do you find that a lot of people are getting into it going, Oh, I can do this. And then they kind of saturate the business and then fall flat on their faces. Um, yes and no. I mean, I do definitely see the, the popularity in, in modern pop culture with tattooing. In fact, I actually have in Oregon, there's no such thing as apprenticeships. Okay. You have to go to a licensed tattoo school. So I'm a, I also have a tattoo school here. I'm a licensed tattoo teacher so I've cut my tattooing back by about half so I can teach people how to do it the right way. Um, and so I, I'm very, I'm very into that teaching people the right way, how to do it. Um, because there's a lot of schools out there that do just that. They, you learn off a video, they saturate the market. That's the only way they're staying open because they're shitty artists. And so they just churn out students by the dozens and they open all these shitty shops and do shitty tattoos that we all got to fix, you know? So I, I was tired of that. So I was like, you know, I'm going to do a school. I'm just going to do a couple students at a time and take my time and do it the right way. Um, so yes, to answer your question, that, that absolutely happens, but I don't think it's really, it's more of, um, I think it's opened the doors to people to be like, wow, you know what? I'm an artist. I don't have to just go into graphic design or I don't have to just do this. I can actually, there's other options now like tattooing and it's a, it's a real career and I can make money and a livelihood doing it. 
And I think it's opened that door in that aspect, you know? Um, so people get the passion when they get into it. It's just like anything, like any college, you know, I think uh, a lot of people don't do their research. They find the first place that'll take them. Um, and if you go to a tattoo school and you can walk right in and, and get in, get in class in two weeks, there's something wrong with that school, you know, yeah. it's, it's in demand and it should be, you know, I think my school is booked out three years right now before I can accept any students. Um, and, and there's a reason for that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so as far as people falling flat on their face, I think it all depends on the school or the program or the apprenticeship that they go through. Yeah. Um, but the passion's definitely there and you're right on TV. It does make it look easy. And you know, that's, most people on TV, at least the good shows have been doing it 15, 20 years. And it takes that long to make it easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys, do you, um, I guess when they do try to get into the school, I'm assuming that, you know, the, the good ones probably make them submit certain artwork and things like that ahead of time to be reviewed, see if they got talent and things like that. Oh, absolutely. I am completely picky. Like I make people bring in portfolios and they don't need to be a, a Picasso from the start, but they, I need to see potential, you know, yeah. like you have to have some kind of natural artistic ability. Yes. You can teach art um, theory and color theory and you can teach all that stuff, but if you don't have that kind of natural right side of the brain thinking um, you're just never going to get it, you know? Yeah. So those are the people that should run the shop and not do it yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> I, I know i noticed i mean because when i go i mean i've got some work done obviously not overly extensive um but i've noticed that every time i go to a different artist which the only reason i go to different ones is because i've moved uh a few times from every time i get one done but i thought the coolest thing in the world was somebody who did some work on me i told them another idea i wanted to do which was some photorealism and she's like oh that won't be me um, that's pretty respectful in the industry, right? Is when they don't want to dive into something that they're not comfortable for. Cause some probably are like, yeah, I'll do it just cause they can kind of get quantity, get quantity over quality. Um, do you see that a lot or is that pretty common from what she did with me? Uh, no, nowadays. Yes. I mean, most artists now, um, specialize in certain styles. You know, when, when we started, there was no such thing. You just did what came in the door to pay the bills, yeah. you know, and you had to be proficient in everything. And I kind of think that's why the tattoo master show started kind of started by some old school artists and the judges, of course, are old school guys. And, and that's what you used to have to be working in a tattoo shop. You had to be kind of a tattoo master of all, of all trades. Um, it's different nowadays. Everyone specializes in something. Even myself, I started out, you know, just doing everything for years and years and years. And I, I paid my dues and earned my chops, you know, which I think is lacking a lot nowadays. Um, but even I specialize in, in certain things now too. So uh, I, I personally like it because then I think that as long as someone knows the style they want and, and tattoo artists are honest saying, Oh, Hey, you know, maybe I'm not the right person for that, but my coworker is, or the guy down the shop is or something like that but then of course you have those tattooers that are assholes out there that have the egos and think they can just do anything and everything and and then they they fuck people up you know so you get all kinds you know but but what she did for you is is that's an honorable thing you know that's awesome that she didn't attempt to do something that was outside of her wheelhouse yeah. you know so that's that's cool that's respectful 
And that's your shop too, right? You've got a little bit of everything in there, right? I know each person probably has different talents and stuff that you look for so that you've got a well-rounded. Absolutely. Well-rounded yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. It's funny. You were saying how, you know, um, there's different types and styles and it wasn't like that 20 years ago. Um, it's almost like that with metal too. Uh, yeah. A little guess. Oh, look at that guy. <laughs> Uh, it's almost like that with metal music too, is that now it, everything kind of seems as it gets bigger and bigger uh, and as people try to do new things and get more innovative, now you have different genres and subgenres, and I mean, you know, and it, and it gets out more and more and more. Um, but I think, you know, I think that, you know, what is it? Art imitates life. And I, I think music is kind of the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, can I help you? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Matt, you have any questions about the? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just learning. I'm just sitting here like, hey, this is. Matt's great. ready to I open a it. tattoo shop now. Oh, man, I'd, I'd love to get into it. I, I feel like I have that right brain, right brain mentality. Like you're saying, it's just, I don't even know where to start. I don't. It's so beyond me. Well, I have them. I have them, but I just don't know how to do them. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a process, though, and I mean, I yeah. think it's like that's just it. Is like when you talk about the internship and and you know, putting ten or fifteen years in before it's really mm-hmm. developed. I mean, it's that's yeah. I, I have a lot of commitment to a lot of things, but I don't know if I could do that. And I do a little bit of artwork and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's um, like I, I love I love arts. I love music, drawn whatever it is. It's just I I don't think I could sit there and actually needle somebody up for hours at a time <laughs> it's just a little beyond me as metal as it sounds <laughs> yeah do you get those people that just can't just can't take the pain um i think with you know with the the prevalence of tv now and them seeing you know people in pain and even though it's, it's a little over dramatized on tv yeah but i think more people now are a little more educated on the process Mm-hmm. So they know going in, they're a little more prepared mentally for the pain. Yeah. Um, so I don't see that as often. Um, and I keep my sessions down to just three hours. You know, after that, it just sucks regardless on both ends. Yeah. It sucks as an artist yeah. because stuff just gets bloody and swollen mm-hmm. and, and people start moving and flinching. And you don't really don't want a tattoo past that. I mean, on an average daily basis, of course, you know, you go to conventions and you have your all day long sessions because you have no choice because you're traveling and stuff. Uh, you got just got to get shit done, you know, but um, for the most part, a couple, two, three hours. And, and I think both people have kind of had enough. And I know I myself have too. you know, I'm, I'm old now in this shit and I don't want to tattoo all day. It hurts your back. It hurts at your neck. It hurts everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I would think at your level, your, your height of popularity that you're probably getting me people that are much more serious about it as opposed to oh, yeah. those first time tattoos and stuff like that, where people aren't even sure if they can handle it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when yeah. you, yeah, you know, after the whole TV thing and, and just been doing it a long time in general, not that you have to be on TV, but, and you, you kind of carve a niche for yourself and you specialize in something and, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, I think most of my clientele, they either fly in or they drive in. I don't yeah. think I even tattoo anyone in my town, you know, oh, well, yeah. not anymore. You know, they, someone wants a Simpsons tattoo, they'll, they'll seek you out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, is this, you, you talked about doing the, um, when you do the conventions and stuff like that, is that how the geese drink legends comic, comic 
contact started the tour. I can't, and I, don't know, I just got tongue tied, but, but that was something yeah. you did. I'm assuming that's kind of what led you into the whole headbangers con idea. Yeah, that's exactly what happened is, um, so yeah, doing the show and, you know, tattooing at a couple comic cons and stuff. I kind of got this idea to do a kind of traveling tattoo tour inside of Comic-Cons. So we, we actually set up a huge island in the middle of a Comic-Con, you know, around all the vendors and celebrities, and we tattooed out of it. That was called Geek Strength Legends, and I did that for quite a few years, and we were hitting like 25, 30 cities a year, and that's where I started, tat, you know, hanging out with, you know, cast of The Walking Dead and these other shows, and then you, you hang with, and, and you become peers because you're both there working, and you yeah. start tattooing all these guys, and, you know, a lot of them like metal and then, and then their musician friends come and you start tattooing them and it just kind of spreads, you know, and, and that is exactly where I got the idea. It's actually my wife's idea. I tattooed Morgan. Uh, we were filming another pilot for another TV show in, in uh, Philly, I think it was. And I tattooed Morgan and um, Morgan Rose from Seven Dust. Yeah. And uh, we just hit it off. I, like we, we hugged each other the first time and we were like brothers. I, I don't know what it was. There was just some connection there. And uh, my wife on the air on the on the flight home, she's like, you know, you you know so much about heavy metal and you love it so much, um, and and you tattoo these guys, these you know these these rockers at conventions, and their their minds are always blown. You know, a lot of rock stars haven't been to a lot of comic cons and stuff, and when they go and they see stormtroopers walking around and they see all this cool shit. They're always like, oh, this environment is so rad, you know? So my wife's like, well, why don't you take your love for metal and your knowledge of metal and then the same the love and knowledge of Comic-Con since we've done so many, you know, combine them and, and make basically a Comic-Con for heavy metal, you know? And where it's not just based around live music, um, but it's based around actually meeting and hanging out with the rock stars, which you never get to do unless it's a 30-second VIP for $100 after a show. Yeah. Yeah. You're rushed. You're rushed in, and you're rushed out. You know, you never really truly get to do that, and then see them sit on stage on panels and talk for an hour about the making of this album or what an asshole this guy was or this or that. You know, all this cool stuff that you'd only ever get to hear if you read their biography. You know, um, so I thought that was really cool, and, and uh, yeah, we did the first one in Portland, Oregon, and it it went over great. I mean, people loved it. And um, ever since then, I mean, we get messages daily like, oh, do it in this town. And I, sorry, I missed it. And, you know, it takes a while for the word to get out there and stuff. And, yeah. uh, and we, were, we were planning more and then COVID hit, you know, and then everything just fell through. So that's kind of what led us to this is we're trying to do it virtually, which a lot of these Comic-Cons and stuff are now. Um, and, and is it the same, you know, like... No, it's not the same. I mean, you can't mosh. You can't shake a hand physically, yeah. um, which sucks. But this is where we're at, you know? Yeah. And we still want to meet our, our metal heroes and icons, and we still want to support them so they can continue to make heavy metal music for us that inspires us. Then this is where we're at, and this is what we have to do, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big fan of both. I'm a big fan of, of me personally as a fan still meeting these guys, even though it's virtually, I still get to have some intimate one-on-one -on -one time and hang out with them and, and find out new stuff about them that I would never be able to do at a live show, which is really cool. 
Um, and then in the meantime, I'm supporting them, you know, and one thing Morgan and I talked about when we started uh, the virtual one was we were going to keep the prices really low. Okay. So most people could afford to do it. Um, and then we're going to give all the money except for our expenses, all the rest of the money goes to the musicians so they can make a living because they have no other means right now other than selling merch online. They, they're not touring. They have no other means to make income right now. Yeah. So a lot of these comic cons are, you know, meet this guy from star Trek or star Wars for a hundred dollars for two minutes or $150 and they'll say something to you or some shit, you know, and we're like, screw that. You know, we're doing like 50 bucks. The, the, after the the rock stars get like 40 bucks of that you know uh and we're just trying to help and do what we can and um it's important for me that people know that that we're not in this to make money we're in this to as long as we break even and we keep our brand alive for when we do resume live events we'll worry about making some money then you know we'll get some alcohol there and sponsors and, and we'll make money in other ways that typical venues do you know um for now, we just want to help support the metal community and, and the industry as much as we can. So that's that's kind of why we're doing this whole thing. And and I just really want people to get that message and understand that not thinking we're out there trying to make a quick buck off these guys because they're they're desperate or whatever the case may be. Because that's just not the case at all. We're we're it's actually opposite. We're just really trying to help them out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought, man, I thought was oh, no, no, go ahead. Let, yeah. let me ask you about the first one you did live. About how many people did you have attend? Um, I was like three or 4,000. You know, it was it was in Portland, Oregon. So, you know, the metal scene up here isn't what it is, you know, say down in uh, Dallas or, you know, other areas like that. But um, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, people were traveling in and uh, we, we rented out an entire, all the ballrooms in this giant hotel downtown. And they had their own little convention center and we filled up a couple floors of the hotel room and it was just awesome. I mean, like you go down in the bar at night and guys are down there with acoustic guitars, drunk, playing music and other guys are singing. And, and these are the rock stars like with the fans and they're just chill and mingling and having a good old time. And that was the best part, man. It was just awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you send out the messages to 500 people on Instagram. Uh, you start getting replies. What, what's the first step? I mean, do, do you, you and you're different than me, I guess. I usually try to go through the PR people. I guess I should just be sending all my Instagram messages out to get some contact. Yeah, dude, but I guess, yeah, fuck the PR people. Man. <laughs> all they want, want is money, dude. This is what is funny is this is what I tell all these rock stars, when I meet them, I, I specifically, I'm like, dude, I am not a promoter. I am not some shady ass slimy promoter that you're probably used to. I'm a fucking tattoo artist. I'm a metal head. I'm doing this cause I love the music and I'm a fan of yours. So here's my deal. And, and Morgan owns it with me. So that adds legitimacy to it. Yeah. You know, Everybody loves Morgan Rose. Everyone I say, Morgan Rose is my partner. They're like, oh, I love that motherfucker. I love that guy. You know, every <laughs> um, so that kind of gets me in the door. And, and, and they actually, because of that, they listen, you know, to what I have to say. Yeah. Um, they know that Morgan isn't just going to be with some douchebag, you know, that's out there trying to rip people off and stuff. Well, yeah, you know? he loses his own name or something like that. 
Yeah, and he's a smart guy, and he's you know he's he has the respect in the industry because Seven Dust is like the the metal version of me tattooing. They just work their ass off. They always have doing hundreds and hundreds of live shows a year for a decade, you know, uh, more. Uh, so he's got that respect. So that's kind of how it starts. Is that kind of gets me in the door, and I present. I kind of say who I am, who I'm not, you know, yeah. um, and, and then I present this idea, you know, and, and I'm always super transparent with these guys, you know, I always tell them, Hey, this is, and, and it was the same now as it was when I first started, because now is a whole new thing, you know, headbangers con line is a whole different thing than headbangers con was doing it virtually. No one knows what they're doing or how to do it. It's all new for all of us. So I'm transparent and open with these guys. And I'm, I'm like, Hey, this is my plan. Morgan and I, this is what we want to do. We hope it works. We hope we can kick you a couple hundred bucks for an hour of your time. You know, if it doesn't, sorry. Um, but we're trying. We're really trying for you. And and I think when they get that message, they appreciate that, you know, that effort. And they see how hard I work for them. Um, all the graphics, all the promotions, those are all stuff I'm doing between tattoos on my computer and and just working my ass off for them and i think that even if they didn't make any money they see how hard i'm willing to work for them and how much of a serious fan and how passionate i am that they're going to hang with me you know they're going to be there for the next con in mm-hmm. fact when i started headbangers con line um i mean i just put the mess i reached out to you know four or five of my alumni from the first headbangers like hey this is my idea what do you think and literally everyone i reached out to was like Chris, if you're doing it, if Morgan's doing it, we're fucking in. Yeah. We don't need an explanation. We love you guys. You know, you treated us right the first time. You're legit. We're in. And and that was like across the board how it went, which was awesome. Um, and, and every single person that did the first Headbangers Live, uh, you know, wanted to do this one. Yeah. And unfortunately, I didn't have the room because there's not enough hour chunks in the day to, mm-hmm. to get everybody fit in, you know. So I – I grabbed some of them and I told the others, Hey, you know, we'll kind of take turns. We'll do these guys this time. We'll do you guys next time. And, and that's kind of, that's kind of what happened. So. Well, and you've got a lot, I mean, even on your first one, I mean, Mark Hillman from suicide silence, David Ellison from Megadeth, Carla Harvey was in it. I think it was Charlie Benante in there too, or was that not? Charlie was on tour at the time. He wanted to. So, I mean, you've got some already big names. So have you had any now, reach out to you going hey i saw your first one i want to get in on this that you didn't have to reach out to yeah you know um gary holt uh, yeah from Slayer and exodus you know uh i think i reached out to gary for the first headbangers con you know a couple years ago and i hadn't talked to him since and he saw he saw the posting and stuff and he reached out to me he's like hey dude this sounds awesome i i want to do this you know a lot of my friends are doing it i want to do it and uh so i was like hell yeah man yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna turn down gary holt dude the yeah. guy's a legend so you know and, and yeah so that's that's kind of starting to happen now which is which is really cool so you can and the cool thing though too is like you said if you don't have you know and i'm gonna ask you in a few minutes exactly how this will kind of be laid out but i mean if you can't fit everybody in since it's uh virtual and online you could always do one every like you know, three to six months. I mean, obviously you don't want to do it every weekend because then it becomes too much. Yeah. Um, it's not as much of an event, but if you have that many, you can kind of spread it out like every six months or something and do like, 
you know, half years or something like that, at least until you can get face to face again. And then when you, then when you get face to face, so yeah, it's exactly what I want to do. You know, tell me about the virtual, what's that at? I was was saying it probably helps out even more now that they're not on tour and stuff. I mean, they really don't have a whole, as much going on. So, I mean, they could just swing in there and make some bucks with you too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping, you know? Yeah. I, I, that's what I want to do it, do it, you know, like, Do it every four to five months, something like that, you know, three yeah. or four years. That'd be, I would love it. I mean, hopefully we get live events back and, mm-hmm. and this will be like a sub thing where we just do this with like a certain band and we promote it for a month. Yeah. yeah. The like album band. releases or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you're going to start to get little live shows on there too. You're going to be like, like yeah, let <laughs> me play, let's play our new song live. Right. Headbangers mm-hmm. Con. That would oh, be the awesome. Anyways, the debuts. There's and there's so there's so many albums coming out this year. Great albums too, and live albums. I just talked to oh, yeah. Snake from Voivod. I mean, their their live album I think comes out this Friday. I mean, yeah. a whole bunch of them. It's crazy how much is coming out now. I mean, you can't if you have to search for something positive out of the pandemic. I guess it's everybody's ability to kind of kick back and write and and find yeah, everyone's studio and stuff. Yeah, yeah. crazy. And there's a lot of people too that are putting their albums together just by you know recording themselves at home and then emailing it back and forth. It's yeah. Who would have thought of that crap 25, 30 years ago? You know, when you had to go to the studio, you had eight tracks, and it's unbelievable. So tell me how this works. If I I buy my ticket, I get on on uh, in December. What the first weekend, right? Fifth, fourth, and fifth, or fifth and sixth? Yeah, December fifth and sixth. Yeah, fifth and sixth. So what happens when I get on? Okay, so um, you basically buy one of one of two. Most guys have one of two tickets. Okay, there's there's the cheaper ticket. It's like forty nine bucks, and that's the autograph. All right. Um, so you go on, you pick one of three photos. You know, there's A, B, C. You're like, okay, I want photo B. Um, and then when you when you go to check out, there's an area to write your you know your inscription, what you want it to say. You know, um, and I limited it to like 75 characters. So it's a lot. Okay. So you can have a couple lines from a song, some lyrics, you know, whatever you want. Um, and what happens with the autograph ones is those aren't interactive. They're interactive with the fans, but the fans don't really talk, you know, because there's just, they got to go through a stack of them. So, um, you know, say we were talking about Gary Holt. So say Gary Holt, for example, you pick out your photo, I print it, I ship it to Gary, all that's included, printing, shipping, all that stuff. So Gary will pull the photo out of the envelope, which is self-addressed to go back, ship back to you. I pay for all that too. Um, so I mean, you figured 50 bucks, 49 bucks, 15 of that is printing the photo, yeah. shipping back and forth. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's not a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you'd spend 10 bucks on buying that photo anyways. You know what I mean? So, so Gary pulls it out. He, he sees you, he reads it out loud. You know, you're watching in the meantime, you, you know, the 30, 20, 30, 40, 50 of you that have bought are all like on a zoom meeting yeah. and they all get to watch, they all get to watch this take place. So Gary will pull it out and be like, Oh, Hey, Jeff, the hitchhiker. What's up, buddy. You know, I appreciate your support. He's, uh, you want to say, stay fucking metal, you rock, whatever you wanted him to sign it. He'll sign it. He'll hold it up for a second. You get to take a screenshot of it, kind of for like an extra memento that you want to post on online. And then he puts it in the envelope and he sends it to you the next day. 
Okay, so that's kind of how the autograph works. Okay, uh, which I think is pretty cool. That's you know, awesome. For, that's so really, cool. Yeah. For a really cheap price, you know, and it helps support them and it helps support metal, and and you get that couple you know you get that memento of the the photograph to hang up at home but you also get that screenshot memento to share online yeah you know i mean so that's pretty that's the next best thing to meeting these guys oh, and get yeah. the photo standing next to them you know but you're yeah. not waiting in line yeah you're not waiting, you're not waiting in line, waiting in line. No. So, so that's kind of how that the base package works and then and then there's a vip package um which is 99 dollars, but that's totally interactive okay um the typical one is uh, when you buy the VIP package, you get the whole autograph experience, the same thing. Okay, so that's all included already. Um, then you have access to all the merchandise to buy the merchandise that's that these guys have in their private collection. So, like if uh, say I'm uh, say I'm Gary Holt and I'm sitting in my studio or my man cave, and I got guitars I played, and I know for a fact, like David Ellison. Um, he's going to have a, a couple guitars that he played live on stage, like stage used guitars. He's going to have his book, his coffee. Um, I know Paige, uh, Paige Hamilton from Helmet. He's got a couple pedals, like uh, effect pedals, guitar pedals that he played on stage, customized pedals that he's going to sell. So that's kind of another hook for the VIP is only the VIPs have access to this merch, you know, stage used props and stuff. Yeah. and. And then their own personal merch, you know, maybe I know Carla is like a huge artist. Um, yeah. And so she's selling some of her original art. I mean, and stuff you can't get anywhere else, you yeah. know? So there's that added bonus. Plus there's the added bonus that you, you get some one-on-one -on -one time depending upon the artist's package. Okay. Yeah. Some artists are just doing like, all right, they're just doing say 20 people. That way every single person gets three, four, five minutes of, Hey, one-on-one -on -one, i'm asking you questions I'm, I'm saying hi and this and that so you actually get to meet meet and greet these people okay um and then some artists are doing really cool shit you know like uh like mark Hailman, for example you mentioned from suicide silence he he was basically like if you know mark i don't know if you've ever met mark but mark yes. is like super chill stoner just awesome mm -hmm. dude right and he's like man i just want like 10 people and you know what they can they just pick out any song they want me to play from suicide silence and i'll play it live i'll jam right there live i'll smoke a bowl with them i'll bullshit with them and and that way he gets to spend more time with less people he wasn't you know as concerned with that so that's what he wanted to do i was like he's like what do you think i'm like i think that's fucking awesome yeah like, it is yeah, yeah i want to do that count me in as one of the ten <laughs> yeah. you know um you know, and, uh, you know, so different people have different packages, like Gary Holt, he wanted to just kind of do like a happy hour with, you know, happy hour type thing where he just wants to have some cocktails and just sit there and bullshit about Slayer and Exodus. Um, he'll have his guitar there and he's still going to sign the autographs and stuff, but you, you basically get to be, it's like being in a room with 10 or 15 other fans with Gary and just all sitting around a campfire bullshitting, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but for 99 bucks for that experience, and you can record the whole experience. That's a deal, dude. Yeah, yeah man. That experience, dude, I would pay that in a heartbeat. You oh, know, like sure. like Phil, Phil Demo, you know, um, from Violence and, and Machine Head and stuff. Mm -hmm. I know Phil, uh, he's like, he saw me post Gary Holt's thing. He's like, he texts me. He's like, well, I want to do some cool shit like that. I'm like, dude, whatever you want to do, you know? And so 
Phil's gonna, he's like, I'll just jam, dude. I'll just pull out my guitars and I'll just play some jams. I'll play some solos and stuff. I'm like, so wait, you're telling me for under a hundred bucks, I get your autograph. I customized autograph. I get to ask you questions. I get to hang out with you. I get to have some cocktails with you there. And you're going to play some solos and music that I'm never going to hear anywhere else. Yeah. I, I think I'm sold on that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's what I'm trying to get trying to get through to people is it's some cool experiences, man. This is some cool shit that you will never get anywhere else. Yeah. Most people here all oh, virtually, I, I don't get a pose for a picture with them and shake their hand, but, and that's true, but you don't get to do any of this other shit with them live anyway. So yeah. there's give and take and there's pros and cons. And, and I think these are definitely pros that you won't find anywhere else, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. I could, I could do the VIP pass, uh, even the face to face thing. Like you said, you pay, um, you know, I mean, depending on the artist, anywhere from 100 to $300 just to get the handshake, how you're doing in the photo and you're done. But I mean, the other thing about it is, okay, say I sit down with uh, with uh, Mark Hillman and, and I'm just smoking a bowl with him and just bullshitting and he's playing music. Then next year, everything opens up and Suicide Silence goes on tour. I, I'm right up on the front of the stage. I wave. He's like, I remember you, dude. And then you're going to hang out with him again, most likely, because I, yeah, yeah. I, have, I have met Mark. I've interviewed him uh, twice uh, for a previous outfit I used to work for. And uh, he's always been really cool. The interviews turned into conversations as opposed to just a straight out, you know, what do you totally. think about this? What do you think about that? So I know he would be one of those people that would be that cool, you know. So, I mean, and if he's only doing like eight or ten people, he's going to remember most of those guys or girls oh, yeah. that do it. So that's a really cool experience. That's yeah, awesome. right? That's what I thought too. Yeah. And I, and I think I'm going to do more of that, you know, as once we get this one out, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, we'll have things we have to work on and things that went great and things, you know, there's, there's always those first event bugs you got to do and stuff. And, but we'll know more about what fans reacted to better, uh, what they liked more. And, and that's kind of what I'm thinking is next time around to do everyone with their own customizable package like this to offer something different, you know, which I think it'd be really, really cool, you know, um, so it's kind of all like a VIP experience, but every VIP experience is a different one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. Do, now, is there, so you said everybody's doing a different time slot. So if I wanted to do the face to face with more than one artist, I could. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what we did was, I mean, cause you know, of course we only have so many hours in the day and different time zones for different artists and stuff. I mean, I know Ryan McCombs and soil, he's, he has to do his from England, you know? Yeah. Um, but so, so yeah, so every artist basically has two one hour blocks where they're for about 45 minutes in there. Um, so one of their, their second hour will overlap with the next guy. Gotcha. Um, so, but you could still do say like you could do a Ryan McCombs autograph and then his VIP session might run when Carla Harvey's autograph starts. Gotcha. Well, you could still get like all of their autographs or all of their VIPs or mix and match, you know? So there's still opportunity to get at least one of the two for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Man, I don't know if I can get off. Matt, you think we can get off for that weekend? Dude, I was thinking, like, once once he starts going live again, we need to get up there and set up a table or something. Yeah. We're yeah this would be so cool. Help we're a booth. Oh, man. I just got one favor. Matt, you can't wear a Steelers hat if you're going to be uh, on. I was wondering what the back of yours is. What, what do you got on? 
I got Seahawks. Oh, I figured. I figured. Okay. Okay. It was gold. It threw me off. That's weird. We're all doing football, but mine's a Grateful Dead Chicago one. Oh, funny. It's my Soldier Field. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I love the Space Mountain shirt too. That's great. Thanks, man. <laughs> What are you, what are you doing for press for this? Is are you? I mean, is it? Are you? I guess they can't do a booth. It's. I guess it's just. Uh, you, it's it's kind of cool, and it, you know, even, I guess I can consider myself press, but it's something where we're not necessarily allowed, you know. And it's it, it's wow. not. We're it's it's cool to not need the middleman for that. You know what I mean? And even with, sure. even when you do the the headbangers con live it's you know you could have some booths and stuff like we were just talking about but i mean this is just like comic con and everything else it's just it's everybody's opportunity to really interact with the people that they always see on on the stage or on youtube and and you know jam out to their tunes so what a great idea i mean it's kudos to you because it's working and i think I, I think that this, the, the whole virtual thing, is going to be probably the best advertisement you could have ever asked for because when people start posting their photos and, yeah. you know, and even when they get the actual physical sign thing, you know there's going to be pictures of that and they're going to, they're going to send it out there. They're going to hashtag the hell out of Headbangers on. Yeah. I mean, this, is, this could be a really good scenario for you. So, yeah, I mean, that's you, hoping, yeah, that's what I'm hoping to get out of it since, you know, financially it's – breaking even is all we're hoping for so that's what i'm hoping is people will return the favor by by doing just that you know hashtagging it and getting it out there and and you know helping our brand grow so when we do live events you know the bigger our brand is the easier it is for us to get you know jack daniels back on board and other sponsors and stuff and get that sponsor money um to help us grow at that point you know so that's exactly that's exactly what we're hoping, you know, and, and as far as the press thing goes, yeah, you're it, man. Like yeah. I can't have, uh, you know, TV stations come down and do film the red carpet event like I did at the first one. And yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I've been doing podcasts and um, interviews and, and stuff like that. And that's really all there is to do on this, which is weird because I was all over the press on the first one and I'm sitting here racking my brain like, God, what else can I do to, you know, I think I might have heard. Did you? You had an interview. Was it on Liquid Metal for the last one? I did. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 I, I I listened to that. I remember that now. Yeah, Liquid that's Metal cool. and Octane. And Octane. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, awesome. That was cool because my my wife actually lives just a couple miles from Jose Mangan. Well, my really? my wife's family, my wife's sister and in laws, uh, live a couple miles from Jose Mangan out yeah. in uh, like Seal Beach, um, uh-huh. Huntington Beach out there. So. Um, yeah, I, I had Jose host the first Headbangers. That's awesome. And, um, but even before that, when I was down there, yeah, I called him up. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm doing this thing, and I'm um, like three miles away from your headquarters, and, uh, you know, and I just want to come and say hi, meet you. And he's like, well, shit, come on in and yeah. say hi, get on the air. Let's tell everybody about it. This is yeah. awesome. Like, All right, cool. Oh, so, yeah, so yeah. Jose's a big supporter, you know. Um, what a good guy. Uh, now Shannon yeah. Guns, you know, now that oh, I have well. Pat Gray um, come in, uh, I talk with Shannon Guns a lot, and, and they're both big supporters of this, and they're both just awesome, you know. And that's one thing I do, too, is, uh, you know, you were talking about cutting out the middleman before when it comes to the press and the other stuff, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I, do that, I do that with these guys, too. I, I do not talk with agents and and all this shit. No, no. If you can't give me your phone number and I can text you my ideas, get your approval for flyers and just talk like, 
like two people. That's what the metal community is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Metal is like, you trust me to have your number, not to give it to anyone. I trust you to appear and, and, and represent my brand and I will represent your brand and let's be metal and let's be this community and let's do this. So that's how it is. And if, if, if these guys can't give me their number and they can't trust me and Morgan Rose, um, then I don't have them on, you know, I don't want them on, you know, I don't want to be dealing with some agency that wants to take 15% of the money they get, which already isn't what they deserve. They deserve way more than that. Anyways, I don't want to deal with that shit. You know what I mean? So if I have to, I'm just like, no, thanks. I'm, I'm good, man. I just, I just want to do face to face handshake. I'm old school like that. And, and, uh, so far it's worked and, and, and that's the way I prefer it. And that's the way I'll always do it. You know? Yeah. I, I think that's our hope, me and Matt, you know, and, and Jamie who does this with us, um, quite a bit. I think, I think we hope that in time, you know, for us being the press, as opposed to somebody who's running an event, um, it takes a little bit longer for that trust piece because they don't know, you know, they don't know me and what kind of questions I'll ask. But I think, I think you're, you're just our idol dude. Cause I don't, I mean, we didn't do this for money either. This is, I've been doing this for a long time. I had another outfit before this and it was, it just kind of fell in my lap for the opportunity, but I thought, wow, as much as I love music, I can talk to, you know, so many different people. And I've already talked to, you know, with the pre with the previous outfit and this one, I've talked to some of the people that, you know, I've always wanted to, you know, like my idols. And I've done interviews with Phil Demel, uh, Mark Hellman. I uh, never got to talk to Gary Holt, but I've talked to Barney from uh, from Napalm Death. You know, those kind of guys. And it's 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 mind blowing. And it's money has nothing to do with. It. I mean, yeah, I guess in the ultimate scheme of things, you know, someday I'd love to make enough for this to be the living because I could do this all day. You know. But I mean, that's just, that's just, I mean, it's, and did you think when you first, you know, when you first started doing, when, when you were first started listening to the music, you were like, probably same as all of us, like, man, these guys would be cool to meet, whatever, you know, and it's, and now here you are and you're connected to a lot of them and it can only get, and it can only get bigger, you know? I yeah, mean, dude, it, it's crazy. Like, it, and first of all, thanks for that. That means a lot to me uh, that you say that, but no, I agree. Like, uh, if I could go back to middle school me when I'm listening to So Far So Good, So What and and uh, Among the Living and stuff like that and realize that I'm going to be tattooing Charlie one day, I'm going to be, you know, having phone calls with David Ellison, the co-founder of Megadeth one day. And, and uh, you know, like David Ellison wrote a, wrote a review for one of my books I put out, you know, like I just asked him and he's like, yeah, no problem. And I sent it to him and I, this it's like mind blowing, you know, and it's, it's also at the same time, it's cool that it shows the, the humbleness of these guys who, and a lot of them don't consider themselves like these icons, you know, there's, oh, I just play guitar. I just play drums. I'm like, no, 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 no. You changed music as we know it, you know, like Charlie, you're in the big four and, and, you know, David Ellison and, and Dirk Verbeeren and Megadeth. And I'm just like, God, you, you guys shaped our childhoods, you know? Um, and a lot of them don't look at themselves like that. I mean, I still do because I'm a fanboy and I always yeah. will be. You know? yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't do this. But um, so, yeah, it is it is mind-blowing. And you said you haven't talked to Gary Holt. I'm going to try and hook you up with Gary Holt. I'm going to text him when we get off, oh, and I'll try and make oh, that happen oh, for you. I, yeah. don't think I, I don't think I could. 
I, I'd faint halfway through. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I would. You know what? I, I don't that's think like I would a top say, ten for me. Oh my god! That would be awesome. I would. That would. I would. I mean, I, I could give you a virtual hug, dude. That would be awesome. <laughs> right. Something like that. I I, yeah, done, man. that would be a cool conversation. Um, and you know, I appreciate that because I mean, it's you know, again, it's for what Matt and I do. We we want to talk to as many people as we can, and and it's and. You know, we're not just metal. We kind of, because I dabble into punk and, and reggae and stuff like, I'm, 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 I grew up in the 80s. So, I mean, it was, you know, it was agnostic. Yeah. And Kennedy's and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, for us, any opportunity to talk to someone is so appreciated because for us, it just gets us further out there so that we can do this more. Um, Absolutely. It's, dude, it's all a symbiotic circle, you know, it all, what helps one of us helps us all, you know. Yeah, I, I agree completely, man. So I'll always be here for you too, man. Just let me know. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I love open in mind. Like I, I, I feel like half of the people that we've even done, it's like I don't, I didn't really know who they were at first, and and just meeting them and and getting to know them and realizing, hey, I really like these guys. I feel like we're trying to do that for everybody who listens, and yeah. I think that's that's really our goal is just to open people's minds and have them experience stuff that they haven't really found yet. Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is probably I think this is one of the first non musicians that we've well, you played bass for a little bit. Yeah. But, I, I, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But I mean it's it's like this I mean, this branching out, I mean, this has just opened my mind to so many other things and just still within the realm of music, I just think it's amazing. You're doing exactly what I what I hope we're able to do in the next ten years, you know? Yeah. So, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. So did when you first started talking to these people, were you kind of like I, 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 I I, uh, <laughs> the first time I, uh, yeah, the, I, you know, I tattoo a lot of, a lot of, you know, celebrities or whatever you want to call it. So I don't get starstruck like very often with that kind of stuff. They're just, you work with these people, they just become your peers and coworkers and you don't really think much of it. Um, but yeah, like the first time that, uh, I had to call, I, I, I got a hold of David Elson and he gave me his email. We started emailing back and forth. And he's like, you know what? Just call me. And he gave me his number. And and my fingers were shaking. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm about to fucking talk to David Ellis. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had his posters on my wall. I had, yeah. you know. And yeah, I was scared shitless when I first started talking to him. And I'm just like, hi. Yeah. You know, all giddy and stuff, you know. But uh, Did you ask him for base tips? No. <laughs> I gave up the bass, dude. I sucked. <laughs> I, I played in bands. Well, there's the guy you got to talk to right there. I know, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know exactly what you mean because it's when I first started doing this, I I had – at first I'm like, yeah, I'm going to talk to these people and it's going to be awesome. And, and I, in all honesty, my worst interview ever was Phil Demo because – I kept it was it was it was at the Mayhem Festival. It was uh, it was just before um, "Unto the Locust" came out, and I kept saying "Onto the Locust," and I he kept correcting me. And as soon as he corrected me the first time, I'm like, ah, uh, and I kept getting these little these these little uh, you know mind these little blocks where I couldn't talk, and I'm like, I can tell he was freaking annoyed. I mean, it's probably. He probably would remember me as a crappy interview. He's probably like, man, this guy just, and I know all their stuff. It was just because it was, I mean, I love Machine Head. I think they're probably yeah. one of the most talented bands ever, you know, Agreed. especially Agreed, yeah. in it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, I was, it was a terrible interview, 
He'd probably <laughs> see me and be like, wait a minute, I remember you. Unto the locust, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, dude. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's amazing, though. But, yeah, I mean, when, when you do know, when you do your homework or if you already know about the band and you start asking them some questions where they're like, wow, this guy actually knows me, it's amazing how when they can tell that you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, I mean, you, can't, yeah. you can't just be a kid that lays down their microphone and goes, so what do you want to tell your fans? You know, it's... Yeah. Let's talk about that last album. Let's talk about what album's coming up. Let's talk about what you were thinking when you were writing this song. Let's talk about, you know, your interaction with your fans and stuff like that. That's cool. Yep, yep, yep exactly. Um, That's what I'm stoked to, uh, uh, you know, I'm hosting half of these things myself just because I'm such a fan, you know. Um, a lot of these uh, panels and autograph sessions and VIPs, I'm just going to be the host because I got my own questions I want to ask these guys, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, you know, I can't wait to talk to Rudy Sarzo cause I'm an old schooler from the, you know, grew up in the eighties and stuff. And the fact that, you know, I want to know what Ozzy and Dio and David Coverdale and, 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 you know, Kevin and all these, all these singers and Randy Rhodes and all these guys he's played oh, with. I mean, it's just amazing, dude. Yeah. The stories this guy must have from playing, continuously through hair metal all the way up to today, you yeah. know, is, uh, I can't wait to, to just be a part in, and, and I'm going to sit there and, and whatever all the other fans are asking them too. I can't wait to hear their questions and, and be a part of this. So uh, it's going to be fun. That's yeah. awesome. I can't wait. I'm, I got to find a way to get on somehow. Shit. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. All right. Let's talk about one last thing before we, uh, all right. Before we slow down, I want to know your top 10 albums of all time off the top of your head. Oh, man. That's Ooh. a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. I mean, I can I can just throw some out there. This isn't the proper order because I'd have to think a lot. Of course. But it, never, but it never should it change. It rotates. It, it never rotates. should be. Everybody's always like, oh, my top 10, no matter what. But it always changes because it depends on what. You might be in a Slayer mood. Okay, and a anthrax move the next. I can get the top ten like thrash metal, hair metal, mm -hmm. you Some know genres. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would definitely my all-time favorite album. I know hands down is Rust in Peace. Uh, yeah. That's my favorite. Mm -hmm. To me, it's the most complete musically, lyrically. It, it's just it's perfect. You know, yeah. to me, it's, per it's a perfect record. Mm -hmm. There's no filler songs. There's no shit start to finish. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, Shout at the Devil is is uh, right up like those two are my one those are my number ones that fluctuate if I'm more in a heavy mood or a or a nostalgic mood if you will. Um, same with Shout at the Devil. It's uh, I, I just love it. It's raw. It's it's groundbreaking. You know, before that that record to me that record changed music. Um, so those two are definitely up there for me. Um, uh, Faith No More's Epic is right up there. Faith that was way ahead of its time and did more for metal than most people give credit to. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Helmet's Meantime is up there for me. Um, there's just kind of those groundbreaking albums that, God, I just can't, I can't get enough of. Um, I don't, Megadeth probably has three albums in my top 10. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, God, who else, man? I'm, uh, I definitely, uh, Appetite for Destruction. I mean, that's got to be 
that's got to be in there. Another one that's just every song on that is it's, it's weird to find, especially an old like hair metal band that where every song is totally different from the other on that record. I mean, from Sweet Child of Mine to, to Mr. Brownstone and there's so, it's almost like different bands. Like it's mm-hmm. so awesome. Um, and it's so much variety in that record. And, yeah. and I think, you know, that it's, uh, uh, I'm not saying it's underrated, but that aspect of it, um, you know, you got a record with eight, what, seven or eight singles on it that they played that if you didn't know the band, they could be from different bands. You know, they kind of have that, that original sound to them, but even Axel's voice varies so much and Slash's solos vary so much in it. I mean, other than Steven Adler's, the drums are kind of simple and they're, they sound the same, but yeah, but uh, everything, the rest of the talent and that just knocks that out of the park. I think, I think that album is probably the main one that got everybody out of the hair, hair band and glam metal stage. I think everybody said, Holy shit, this is a different way to do this. Yeah. And back to being, <clears throat> and I, not, not to take anything away from, you know, bands like Poison and, and, you know, Motley. Yeah stuff like that who did the who did more of the makeup and the theatrics and everything but i mean it was like let's get back down to just just you know gritty rock hard rock music and and with the talents that was in that band was amazing you know and i think they just did that i love that you said rust in peace that is also literally my favorite megadeth album Mm -hmm. and i think I think it's probably in in its time probably one of the well one of probably one of the best produced albums um, there's something about the way the drums kick and all the, you know, the riffs and all the hooks and everything fill in. Uh, it, it is probably one of the most well done albums. Somebody, we did an interview with somebody not too long ago and another one that kind of fits in that was uh, slave to the grind from Skid Row, who we oh, were yeah. talking about, which also, and, and it was a shock um, from Skid Row's first album to go to that because it was so heavy but it's yeah. so well done. I'm going to do my work now because I have a feeling it might have even been the same producer because it's there's yeah. sound I love, that. I love that record, dude. I'll tell you a, a, my guilty pleasure, and I'm not even like I'm not even closet about it. I come right out. I don't give a fuck because this is a people love or hate. I love Limp Biscuit, dude. I have since day one. Okay. I'm a huge Limp Biscuit fan. <laughs> I, okay, so now let me tell you something. All right, I have. I have seen everyone from Slipknot to Slayer to you name it, the heaviest of the heavy. Something about Wes Borland's guitars in some of those old Slipknot songs are heavier than anything I've ever seen. The way, I don't know what he does. Mm-hmm. And I've actually, I've actually read interviews where other guitarists have asked him, how the fuck do you get that, such that beefy sound out of your, out of your guitar? Um, but no, I actually met Fred Durst. Uh, so I tattoo um, Raw, the bass player from Suicidal Tendencies. Uh-huh. And, uh, he introduced me to Fred Durst at a show that they were opening. And again, I was like so giddy. I was like, oh my God. You know. So I was actually Fred Durst for Halloween this year. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen my Instagram, but go check out my Instagram, Chris51Official. And uh, I have a picture with Fred Durst. And um, I actually, I... I a bunch of people were tagging Fred Durst in it because they liked it. And, and people started making comments like Fred Durst needs to see this. And I was commenting back like, Oh, that'd be like my dream come true and blah, blah, blah. Well, Fred Durst actually fucking commented on it <laughs> and said, nailed it about my costume and him. 
That's awesome. And that just made my day. I had to read awesome. with his comment circled next to it, dude. <laughs> I told you I'm a fanboy too, man. So I thought that was really cool. So that's, uh, yeah, I mean, just as a whole. Yeah, there you go right there. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't fucking around, man. That's like, cool. I'm a Limp Bizkit fan. I, you know what? I, I, don't I, like, I don't like rap. And I, yeah. it's weird that I, but they're just so heavy. Like, uh-huh. When they break it down is 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 awesome. I mean, I've been in a million mosh pits in my life, and when I think the resurgence of Limp Bizkit, when I saw them last year, um, I saw them at a, a tattoo convention, uh, the big one they do. Um, what is it down in, in Huntington Beach? Anyways, uh, Hate Breed and Suicide Suicidal Tendencies play with them and stuff. But I've been in a million mosh pits, and when Break Stuff came on that entire play like there wasn't a mosh pit it was a mosh crowd yeah the entire crowd was like i mean fred knows how to to make it work man it was awesome was that like a resurgence of the second woodstock when they played there (laughs) (laughs) no i loved him so much that my, my buddy uh my buddy kyler who's a tattoo artist here with me um They've already announced two shows for next year, and and we're gonna go down to Orlando to see Limp Bizkit on one, and we're gonna go to Cali, Sacramento, uh, to see the other one. So yeah, we're it's it's pretty cool. Man, I miss going to shows. Yeah. I know I miss shows so much, dude. This is yeah, someday soon. You know what? We're do, we 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 started doing um, actually not started. We're gonna start next week. We're gonna do some album breakdowns and stuff. Um. Cool. Uh, our, our friend Tommy Mars, who is kind of, um, uh, I guess what Matt straight rock, um, but he just released a yeah, solo he's got a lot of kind of like a grunge background, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but we're gonna our first album we're doing is uh, 1984, obviously just for obvious reasons. Oh, nice! But um, another classic album, man. Yeah. But it, if you're interested, um, if we can. Because another one we were going to do, originally we were going to do Slave to the Grind, but then, you know, Eddie Van Halen passed and we we're like, well, let's do 1984. But if you're uh, interested, if you want to get in on a couple of these, I can keep in touch with you and let you know if you want to jump yeah, on Yeah, please in. do. I would love it, man. Please do. Yeah, that'll be cool. Because it's always cool to get different perspectives. Um, yeah, different absolutely. Stuff, so. Dude, I loved, I loved Skid Row's. Uh, other record was Subhuman Race and everything, man. I I think that's one of the most underrated records of that time period. I it was so heavy and amazing. I you know there's a lot of albums that just I mean, and like you said, you know, with some of these artists, I don't you know they don't realize that just them putting time, energy, and their you know artistic talents and musicianship into an album can change so much. Yeah, well, I mean it's they it's cool when they, when you do talk to them and they're very humble about it and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, just, you know, I just play music. But then, yeah. you know, you turn around, it's like, you just play music. What? I've been listening to this forever. You know I mean? And it's like, but it's cool. I mean, it's, and you know, congratulations for everything you're doing. Cause this is, I mean, this is going to, this is a really cool experience and the virtual thing and, and still making it work under the circumstances. That's, that's pretty awesome. I'm excited for you. This should be a lot I of fun. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, dude. And I just I just texted uh, Gary too to ask if he wants <laughs> the podcast. So 
That'd be insane. I'm mind blown. Matt's like, I'll, I can't I'll, even, I'll, I'll I can't call even, in oh sick gosh. for when we do that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'd be amazing. All right, uh, Chris, fifty-one. Man, good luck with this. Uh, I know we're gonna put it out as much as we can, um, and uh, hopefully we can get on to. I think we. I think I'm gonna. If I if I'm not is this stuff where kind of like the live shows if you buy a ticket you can still kind of see it afterwards or is it just live and that's it? Uh, it's kind of live and that's it, you know. Yeah, but like I said, you can record it, so you can record this and, and share your experience, your personal experience, and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. and everyone that's in, everyone that so there's kind of like a virtual waiting room, you know, yeah. kind of like on Zoom. Yeah. Um, so will be muted and you'll be able to see the people at the top of your screen and they'll be muted, but they'll still be able to hear what, you know, say Gary Holt's saying to everyone else. So they get to basically hang out and take part in this for the full hour or 45 minutes or whatever. Even if their, you know, one-on-one time is just a few minutes or whatever, they get the whole experience. Cause I didn't think it was right that people paid money and they get their few minutes and then they get booted off. Like, fuck that. You know, yeah. I, I want to he has to say to everybody so well yeah it'd be just like actually being at a panel so i mean yeah exactly that's cool and the you, panels honestly are my favorite part when we did the live one i mean i even hosted a couple up there jose mangan did a couple um those were the best because that's where you find out all the cool shit you know the yeah. stuff you've never heard of yeah yeah and sometimes you know, they forget i know when we when i hosted uh or when we did it with morgan um, I mean, Morgan's one of my best friends, and I didn't even know how they got the name Waffle for the song, and it was because of Sharon Osbourne calling someone a bunch of blue waffles or something, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and they got the name from that. I was like, oh, what? Man. So that oh, was the kind of stuff you, you, know, you don't know. You can't hear anywhere else. I mean, I got, a, uh, I got to host uh, Derek Riggs, who you know is the original Iron Maiden Eddie artist. Yeah. Um, and to talk to him about all those old, you know, album covers that he designed, all the best, you know, Peace of Mind and Somewhere in Time and Seven Sun. And that guy's legend. He's as much legend of metal as anyone else, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And maybe I'm biased I'm an artist, but, I mean, that's the most iconic metal image there is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right there. So to talk to him, like, that was incredible to hear his old stories of, of uh, you know, designing those old, those old covers. It's pretty awesome. So. Yeah. That's cool. Man. I can't wait. I'm, we're gonna find a way. That's yeah. awesome, Chris. See, I'll try, and I'll, I'll try and get you guys. You know, if I can get you a, a passcode or something to at least so you can view this, I'll see what I can do. Oh, I'm still figuring out the whole Zoom thing and all that stuff myself too. Yeah. So, I'll, yeah. You know. yeah. Well, I, I had problems Friday. I don't know if you remember that. That was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had problems today too. Just before we got on, I was frantic. <laughs> Usually, I have a different background and everything, but yeah. Uh, no worries, man. We're on. All right, Chris, 51, thank you very much for being on. I wish you all the luck in the world in this, um, you know, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's very groundbreaking. Uh, and, again, I, this is going to hopefully be a nice little catapult for when we can do it live. And I think it's just – I think it's going to blow up. I mean, the first one was great. This is probably going to be awesome because I think a lot of people find it even more convenient to get on. You people don't have to travel. You can sit at home and 
you know, have a beer or, or you can do, apparently you can do a wake and bake with, you know, Mark Hillman. I mean, whatever yeah. works you know? <laughs> and just kick back and enjoy and talk to some of these people on a, on, on something that nobody had ever dreamed of before. So hats off to you, man. I, th- I appreciate yeah. you being on the show. Um, hopefully we can do some album breakdowns and some other stuff and, you know, hopefully, yeah, let's do it. hopefully at the next live headbangers con, we can shake your hand and meet you face to face. Yeah. I hope so. Hey, man. Thanks, guys, so much. I appreciate it. It means a lot. One more time. Give us a rundown of when it is and how we can sign up. So it's December 5th and 6th. Um, All the information is on headbangerscon.com. Or you can go on Instagram. You can message me. I answer all the messages myself. Um, Just headbangerscon on Instagram and Facebook. Um, So it's pretty easy to get a hold of me. Or my uh, my own personal Instagram is chris51official. Um, I'll answer messages on there too, you know, and I just, I just like to bullshit about metal. So, you know, if you don't want to buy a ticket, you just want to talk about how badass Megadeth is. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> awesome. We might just have that conversation. Sounds good, man. I I'll honestly, send, me the, send me the link when this is done and I'll, uh, I'll share it everywhere too. I appreciate that. I actually, yeah. I think, I think we should just say it right now. Maybe, maybe in a few weeks or after this is done, cause I know you're busy. But once you've done the live show, I think we should do one with Rust in Peace and Slave to the Grind and combine them together. That sounds awesome yeah. to me. Maybe we Maybe get someone else to join us too. <laughs> now, now I'm not going to make it. Yeah. See, I have nothing to say anymore. Now, now I'm just I'm done. Speechless. speechless. That's, that's, well, we can we can also do a follow up of how this how this con line went. Yeah, no, that sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I'd love we got to lots, hear how we got lots of behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. yeah, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, Chris. Good luck with everything. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Thanks, guys. (laughs) All right. Take care.